You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 144. Can pets get sick from black mold exposure? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now... Let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Today, Steve, we're talking about pets and whether they can get sick from black mold exposure. Yep. Something that I um, I get asked quite often, actually, if pet or if mold can affect pets. And when we say pets, we're talking dogs, cats, birds. I'm not necessarily talking about fish, but, you know. The common pets that most people have. Rabbits. Well, I wouldn't call that a pet. Those are hamsters. Those are pests around here. But yeah, hamsters. Snakes. Yeah, snakes. Ferrets. Yep, ferrets. Most mammals, I guess, would probably be. Okay. But you know, but it most pets can you know. What about fish? I don't think fish would really. Because they're in water. Yeah, they're in water, and you have algae eaters that that purify the or keep the water clean. So I mainly I would say. Dogs, cats, birds, ferrets, but most people don't. Ha- I mean, I guess I'm just going off of what I think are common <laughs> pets because our listeners that have weird pets would be like, yeah. I got a pet pig. Snakes. Or, people yeah. have all kinds of crazy pets. Yeah, stuff that we don't like. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. So, so I would think if something is in a cage, like a parrot, are they less affected or more affected by toxic mold that's in a house than dogs or cats that are moving around and not in a cage. It depends. And, and the reason I say that, you know, normally I would just say, if, of course, they're not as you know likely to experience mold sickness because your dog can walk walk throughout the entire home. If a pet's in a cage, it can only be right there. Well, what if the pet's in a cage and right behind it's a mold infestation? Oh, that's true. So, especially a bird, they're flapping and they're kicking, kicking the air, you know, the... They're moving the air around, and the, the mold spores are being kicked up. So, so I mean, it 
that that's why, and I know our listeners are probably like, man, he has a different perspective with everything than I think he was. But it that that's part of the job. Like you can't just say, well, it's a bird. There's an old mold around it, so it's fine. Does that make sense? Are there any rodents or animals that typically are not pets, but they're found in homes that could carry, I don't know, something that would carry, make a mold infestation bigger? Does that make sense? Um, like carry a disease or well, could or they, their habits or... Yeah, exactly. Like I'll give you an example. On the East Coast, not out here because I don't really see bats out here. I've not really seen many out here in Wyoming. But on the East Coast... Bats are very prevalent, and in old homes that have big attics that maybe once upon a time were lived in, oftentimes a problem on the East Coast for people in those old homes are bats in right. the attic. Or raccoons. Yeah, or... like do, do, do the possums and the raccoons and the bats, I mean, if they're somehow in your house, can they feed into a mold infestation, or is that not really a thing? Well, so... Once again, it is a thing because I would ask, my first question would be, well, how are they getting in? Is there a defect? Is there a void in the attic area? Because if a bat can get in, (laughs) can water get in there? That's Um, true. If there's a mold infestation in your attic and you have a bat or birds flying around or or raccoons scurrying around in your attic, they're kicking up those mold spores. So, yeah, I mean, they they could... create something but could would they bring in a mold concern no does that make sense so even mice and rats that are behind your walls or underneath the you know in the basement they don't bring anything in they don't bring in a mold problem per se like a bat could have rabies okay you could have your mice could have hantavirus or whatever it's called i mean those are concerns that they bring in okay in their body they could they in my opinion, there, there's nothing that they could bring in that would actually create a mold problem. They would actually, um, you probably have the better term, but they would actually um, exacerbate a mold issue because of their movement. The movement. And okay. keeping that, you know. That when, makes sense. When we do mold mitigation, we see, you know, in, in all our mold mitigations out here in the West, so it's not, you know, like the Northeast or whatever, but we find mice problems all the time. I mean, it's it's pretty common. And I, is it, it does the home have mold because of the mice? No. But it tells me if there's a mouse problem inside of a home. Now, you, there's only so much you can control. We, I mean, we live in the country. Yeah. Now, do we have mice inside the home? I doubt it. We've never seen any evidence of it. There's, But we have dogs. So... They keep the mice away. Now, are there mice problems in the shop? Oh, yeah. We have mice problems, you know, right outside on the front porch, pretty much. But can they cause a a mold problem? No. But going back to, I believe the reason why we see a lot of vermin issues on a mold mitigation job, for the most part, I'm not saying that you don't maintain your home if you have a mold infestation, but a lot of our big mold infestations or mold jobs are because the home was never maintained. Correct. So, and you... I've showed you pictures like in a basement where the mice literally come up halfway up the wall in the sheetrock and are nesting in the wall and have all this dog food stored in there, all sorts of nasty crap. So, but no pets per se, I don't think could bring a mold concern into a home. So then you bring up a, a point that I was just thinking about people who have second homes. 
I mean, there are lots of people who live in warmer states and have second homes here in Wyoming. Yeah, something we should do. Um, absolutely. <laughs> Winters here are the tundra. But th- I think about their pets because think about it. They live in a warmer climate most of the year. Mm-hmm. But their home in Wyoming, for example, isn't lived in for a lot of the year. Yeah. So they're bringing their pets with them to wherever their summer home is. Is it a concern for their pet's health in a house that's really not lived in? Well, it would be a concern for their health, too. Okay. If there's a mold concern, I, I that would be a concern for everybody, everything in that home. So, but it, I guess my point is, is, yeah, they should be concerned about their pets. They should be concerned about themselves, too. So, and does mold affect pets faster than it does human beings? Or um, it really depends on the mold types, okay, and the obviously the size of the animal and the health of the animal. It's just uh-huh. like people, but like the things we see more common with pets, and and I've dealt with clients that their pets died, and they've done testing, and the you know they've had tons of mycotoxins in in those pets. Most people aren't going to spend that kind of money, but you know I've seen it happen. Um, but, but pets have different symptoms. There, a lot of them are similar, you know, with a human runny nose, watery eyes, um, redness in the eyes, all sorts of stuff. The, the pets will have the same thing, but with pets mainly, what you'll really see, especially birds, that they start picking at their feathers and, and dogs and cats, they'll sit there, they'll literally scratch their hair away because they have some sort of rash or something going on with which to me would be a pathogenic mold that's causing an infection or something. And so that they would do things like that. And then ear infections, they get, they're, they're a lot more likely to have ear infections due to mold exposure than humans are. Wow. And I don't know, that's not my expertise, but, but those are signs that, that, you know, your pet has issues. And so, you know, if you have a bird that, that can go throughout the home or one that just is in a cage, when they start plucking their feathers, does that mean it's a mold issue? No. They can do it because of anxiety or whatever. You know, could be anything. I'm not a veterinarian, but but pay attention to that kind of stuff. Is that a question that um, pet owners should be asking their vets whenever they take their animals in? Like, should they ask for mold testing if they suspect that there's mold a mold problem in their home? Yeah, and it... it <laughs> I know this is going to sound weird, but I would hope that our listeners are more concerned about their health. They should be just as concerned with their pets. Yeah. Don't take that the wrong way. But if they have that concern, I hope they're doing that for themselves. But yeah, that's you can do the same type of testing on pets as you can humans. Okay. You can do blood work and see, test it for mycotoxins. Now, is your vet going to be well-versed in that? I doubt it, but they're a vet. They're, a vet. they're going to know more about what it could be. They, they could say, well, he has an ear infection because he has this we found in his blood work. Well, in his blood work, could there be a pathogenic mold that we found in an air test inside the home? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a huge picture you have to put together. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying to your vet. Now, once again, they might look at you. Some people just think mold's just natural and we're cuckoo for thinking it's a concern, which... <laughs> If our listeners are listening to this, we know mold a concern inside homes. Correct. That's why we have the mold epidemic. Correct. So then when you think about it, it's not only, this is where it comes back to what you have in the mold box, which is 
information on how to document all these things. Right. People should be documenting for their health, for their pet's health. Yep. They should be doing yearly air testing. Like, they should be able to put the whole picture together should they suspect that their pets have a problem exactly. with mold. Yeah, and you could do... So, so when we go... You know, and I cover this in some of the books. So when we get into the whole um, investigative side of it, let's say our listeners having health issues, they come to a mold specialist in their area and they have air testing done. Then they do blood work or urine work to test for mycotoxins. They do the same for their pets. You have their history. You have your pet's history. You have the air test. You have the results from the human's mycotoxin testing you know the results for the pet mycotoxin testing you literally can put that that puzzle together and say hey hold on here this pet has the same mycotoxins or levels like with like the human does is there a mold type that we found in the air that's elevated maybe it's not even elevated that's causing this does that make sense that does make sense that's the whole root cause analysis that you you have to you have to dive deep and I hear it all the time. Like, can't I just do air testing or can't I just have blood work done to find out if I got a mold problem? Well, you, you, you can, that's part of the process, but it, it's such a complex process. You can't just do one thing and figure out what's going on. Does that make sense? It it does make sense. And isn't that also why it's important to have humidity gauges in different rooms of the house? Because you'd want to know, be able to compare the humidity, let's say in your bedroom Versus the humidity in the mudroom where the dogs might sleep. Exactly. Okay. And it, we, we talk about, for some reason, we've been on a humidity gauge kick. And it, it's funny because we seem to kind of go on kicks for things we talk about. But humidity gauges, and it the, the reason I think we're on that little bit of a kick is, is the fact that there are a lot of people that just don't they, don't, they don't even have a humidity gauge. And they don't think it's that important. And... You can buy a 12-pack of them. Yeah, they're not as high quality, but you can buy a 12-pack for like $30 off of the internet. Yeah. And put one in every room. I mean, do we have one in every room? No, almost though. But I, I mean, we, we, have, we have them in almost all the rooms, actually. And I thought we had one here in our yeah, office. Yeah, we have one we in here. Okay. Yeah, we have them in almost all the rooms, yep. probably except for two. Yeah, so we have one in each one of our offices, the bathrooms, yeah. the living room, the kitchen, and the... The mudroom for the dogs is probably the only two rooms we don't exactly. have it. But we pay attention to them. Yep. And I mean, they're important because they tell you a lot. Yeah. And it's, well, you have two in this bathroom because you yes, broke one. Exactly. <laughs> I got one. I soaked one in the sink with water. So, yeah, that, that one was uh, defective after that. But, but it brings you back to the whole bird thing. If a bird's only in a cage, can it, you know, is it less likely to be exposed to mold versus your dogs? Or is it more likely vice versa? And if you are monitoring the humidity in that room, then you know. Then you know, exactly. So what's your call to action for people? So I'm not going to tell them to go get a humidity gauge because uh, <laughs> that's what we keep telling them. But pay attention to your pets. It, you know, we have uh, we have a pet that's fairly new to us that kind of seems to be moody, but that's what puppies do, I guess. Yeah. But pay attention to your pet's behavior. If they're sitting there chewing on their leg, your dog is, and they usually don't do that, pay attention. Exactly. If they're throwing up or if they're not eating, they're not drinking, just pay attention to what's going on with them. And, you know, you can maybe piece together the puzzle like, well, my pet's having these issues and I'm having similar ones, yeah. if that makes sense. So just pay attention to what your, your, your pets are doing, their behaviors. Absolutely. And then 
uh, share this podcast with people. Yep. If you're listening to this episode and you came across this episode, whether on SoundCloud or iTunes, share it with somebody you know could really get a lot out of learning yep. about how to care for their homes. Yep. Yeah, we're over... I think we're over about 28,000 listens. So we've been at, what, this is episode 144. So we're almost, what, three years into this? That's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're, I mean, it's grown and it's grown quickly. So, yeah, if, if, if any of our listeners know somebody that they they keep getting a puppy and the puppy keeps dying, it could be an air quality issue. Oh, it might right. not be that person. That's right. As easy as it is to blame the person. It could be an air quality issue in their home. Yeah, that's very, very true. Well, you heard it from the expert. We'll catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.